0: So, uh, today we're going to do uh, a recap, it's not going to be the traditional recap that we've done, but we're going to do a recap of um, the message that Tyron Daniel brought last week. Tyron was with us last week and he preached a message uh, called Spirit-Filled Church, and we're going to do a recap of that, and uh, I encourage you, if you, want to hear, if you weren't here and you want to hear the full message, go to our website, go to impactrock.com, click on messages, and then you can click on... The one that's on the top, upper left, or maybe it's in the middle now because this one will be top, upper left. Um, And it says, Spirit-Filled Church, Tyron Daniel. Click on it. It'll take you to our YouTube page, and you can listen to the message, watch the message. I encourage you to hear all the message because this recap won't just be a word-for-word unpacking of what he said. We're going to just unpack the truth that was contained in the message that we, as the church— and this place being filled with his spirit, and this place being filled with his spirit, how are we to live our lives, and how are we to demonstrate a living God to those around us? Um, I want to read a couple of passages um, that that Tyron read from. He read from uh, Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. I want to read those, and then we're going to do something um, unique. Um, Brittany, can you bring me that list now? I have people, to, do, you, do you have that? You don't have the list? So no one came at all. All right. Okay. So here's what we did is before worship and then after worship. Um, I said, if you have any questions about the Holy Spirit, see Brittany. Um, and, and I will address those <laughs> questions um, during the message. But y'all didn't come with any questions, which is a bunch of bull. You know, some of you, I know some of you jokers have questions. I know you do. Okay. <laughs> I know you do. So that's all right. So um, is it too late? No, no way. Because I'm a curveball hitter. That's, that's why. So I don't, you can throw me a curveball. I'm a curveball hitter. And, and I love talking about the Holy Spirit. If you still have a question, um, see Brittany and then Brittany, she'll <laughs> just run it up like, like, like a baton, but baton, you know, we'll we'll hand it off. All right, Acts chapter one, verse three. Um, Jesus presented himself alive to them, his followers, his disciples—not um, just the twelve, but but uh, the forty and the beyond. The, you know, the, there were many more disciples than just the the twelve apostles that we know of. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days. And speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. But he ordered them to wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So um, I want to pause here real quick. Because not everybody realizes this. Um, When Jesus died on the cross... um, he died on the cross. He was dead. There was no life in him. It was a very short window that he was dead because on the third day he rose from the grave. But we need to grasp the fact that he lived, he died, he rose from the grave and lives today. And one day he's coming back, he's returning. Okay? So he died. He was buried. He was buried in a tomb, and he conquered death and rose from the grave. Now, the the religious leaders at the time, they, they kind of, they, they were trying to warn the Ro- Roman government. And they wanted to get guards to to block, you know, to guard the tomb. Because they said, hey, I know these these shady disciples. They're going to steal his body and say he rose from the grave. Because he said he's going to, rise from the, from the grave. And so his disciples are going to steal his body and tell everybody he rose from the grave. Okay? So that was the religious leaders who, who had him killed. That was, that's what, how they manipulated the Roman government into putting a guard in front of the tomb. Well, guess what? Jesus rose from the grave. Nothing that guard could do about it. Nothing uh, a legion of guards could do about it. But here's what's cool. For 40 days, he walked with them. He t- he appeared with them. He ate with them. He he appeared in their midst without using doors. He showed them wounds. He showed the scars. He he did life with them. He made it abundantly clear to all that he lived. If if you it's not light reading, but if you want to buy the book of Josephus, Josephus was a Hebrew uh, in the south. They call him Josephus. Um, but in, in Israel, they call him Josephus. Um, and he was a Hebrew historian. And there's, there's accounts of everything that was documented at the time of Jesus. Um, Pre-Jesus. Jesus. And then death and resurrection and Jesus appearing. And it was documented by somebody that wasn't one of the disciples. So it's just kind of interesting there. In this time, he says, um, stay. Wait. There's a promise that the Father's going to give. You, you've heard it said that John baptized with water, but I'm letting you know you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, so stay and wait. So uh, I believe there are 120 disciples that that we know of that took him at his word and said, okay, we'll wait. So they waited in what we know as... The upper room, but they, they waited together, they prayed, they were patient before the Lord. Imagine it being like a like a ten day prayer meeting that you don 't leave the room for you you just stay and wait with expectation because you 're like these were some of the the final words of Jesus. He said, Wait, we 're going to wait and then on the day of Pentecost, so Pentecost was fifty days from the Passover and the Passover it is a very key event that took place at the crucifixion of Jesus. So if you look at those 50 days, you can go, okay, you know, we got a less than a two-month span where Jesus, his triumphant entry uh, into Jerusalem, and then he was betrayed and arrested and, and killed and crucified and died and rose from the grave and then ascended, or actually, you know, 40 days here, then ascended. And now they're like, hey, sit tight. Jesus said, wait, there's a promise. That brings us to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could hear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned and this is what we know as the day of Pentecost. So um I had a couple of few questions. I've had actually really great discussions with people um after last week's preach. And so uh, I'll I'm going to address a few of the questions that I had with people um and then I'm going to dig a little deeper into some things that the Lord has stirred with my heart. So one of the questions that I was asked I, and I'm going to keep the questions anonymous. I don't think I don't know that anybody would care if I told you know if they said yeah, you can use my name, but I'm just going to keep it anonymous. So one of the questions that I was asked was, hey, has this ever experienced for you, to, to you? Have you ever, like, been so moved by the Holy Spirit that you speak in tongues? And my answer was, I speak in tongues every day. Every day. Like, and all throughout the day. Um, and And, and I realized, you know, this is a good thing to talk about. And, and I even talked a little bit more about it. I'm like, I, I can speak in tongues at will. I don't have to be moved by the Holy Spirit. It, it's, a, it's an act of, of our will. It's an act of choice. Um, any service we do to the Lord, any form of worship, is a choice. I've never once had the Holy Spirit consume me when I'm like, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. And going, How did that happen? How did the Holy Spirit all of a sudden just overcome me? And I started singing an old hymn out of tune nonetheless. an act of, of of our will. Um I was asked a question uh and I was talking about the Holy Spirit and said, you know, hey, do you do you ever talk to the Holy Spirit? And this person res- responded and said, Well, I, I didn't know I can pray to the Holy Spirit. I'm like, well let's just well then let's not call it prayer. Do you do you talk to God? Do you, like, talk to him, and do you pause and listen and see if he talks to you? Well, yeah. I go, Okay, that's, so that's prayer, but let's just call it talking. I talk to the Father. I talk to the Son, Jesus. And I talk to the Holy Spirit. And there's times I'll ask them for different things based on what I need. There's times I will specifically talk to the Father because I need the Father's embrace. I need the Father's touch. I, and, I, and I will address God the Father. We can talk to all of them. We, we can pray to all of them. It's time to all talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just need you to guide me and empower me. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would just build me up in this moment. And, and I probably talk to Jesus the most. But we can talk to any of the Godhead. They are God, and they're not in competition, and they're not insecure. You can talk to any of them because we're supposed to have a relationship with God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God. My name is Mark. I am a father. I am a husband. I am a son. But it's Mark. Our God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But our God is God. Uh, Another question that I was uh, asked me see here i was asked about the holy spirit saying explain to me i thought when we're saved we get the holy spirit but so what is what is this baptism in the holy spirit and that's that's a really great question um christine i think we're going to go to john so i i, I told C- christine uh, is running our tech today and she's a champ and uh And I told her to be ready to kind of go all over the place. Um, So let's look at uh, John chapter 20. uh, And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I love the way it kind of elaborates on this. And and we're going to read starting with verse 18. So John 20, uh, verse 18. Um, And this is, once again, this is after the resurrection of Jesus. Okay. So then Mary Magdalene left to inform the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. I have seen the Lord, she told them. And she, and she gave them his message. That evening, the disciples gathered together, and because they were afraid of reprisals from the Jewish leaders, they're, they're, they're afraid of being attacked. They're afraid of being pulled from their homes and and being arrested and being killed. Um, they had locked the doors. But suddenly, Jesus appeared among them and said, peace to you. Do we understand how he appeared? Do we understand he didn't use the door? He didn't use the door. Like, so it's wonderful that he would be like, so I, I'm not trying to be like a heretic, but sometimes I'll think of other words that Jesus would say. Like if it was me, he'd be like, be cool, be cool, be cool. Don't freak out. Peace to you. Right? That's what he said. Peace be to you. Don't freak out. It's me. Then he showed them the wounds of his hands and his side. And they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Jesus repeated his greeting. Peace to you. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. Then taking a deep breath, everyone take a deep breath. It just feels good. There's nothing spiritual about that. It just feels good sometimes to do that. Taking a deep breath, he blew on them. He breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. The Greek word used here for breathe or blew, it's not used anywhere else in the New Testament, okay? It's used one time. This is the instant in the New Testament where he says he breathed on them. He blew on them breath, life, and said receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, It's the same word found in the Septuagint for when God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life in Genesis chapter 2. So when God created man in Genesis 2-7 and he breathed and brought life to Adam, it's the same word. The beginning of new creation life came from the breath of Jesus. The mighty wind of Acts chapter 2 was for power. The breath that Jesus breathed here in John 20 was for life. So let me, let me unpack this for you. We, who have trusted our lives in Jesus, we've believed in Jesus even though we've never seen him. We believed in Jesus without seeing him. The people in this room saw him walked with him, ate with him, ministered with him. And then when he was arrested, ran. Doubted. Lost faith. They did not believe Jesus was the Messiah until what? Until he rose came, until he came back, until he rose from the grave. We believe in Jesus out of faith without seeing, but their day, their moment of salvation, if you will, came perhaps at this moment right here. Mary Magdalene saw him. She read, I saw Jesus! I Jesus! I mean, I imagine how thrilling that must have been. I, I guarantee people doubted her. I, we know people doubted her. And they locked the door, and Jesus appeared, and he's like, peace, be cool. I'm with you. I'm alive. I think for most of the people in that room, that was the moment that they were saved. And then, what did Jesus do to to mark that moment? New life. The same word that's used in Genesis 2-7 for God breathing life into Adam, Jesus now breathed life, I believe, Because it's just not clearly delineated. I believe this is the moment that they were saved. But for them, they had to see it. Now for us, our faith. You know, we we. I'm not saying we're better than them, but man, we believe and we haven't seen him. They were with them all the time, and didn't believe in him. I'm just joking. I don't think we're that much better than them. Verse twenty three. Verse 23, I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins and people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of their sins, they will remain guilty. One of the 12 wasn't present when Jesus appeared to them. It was Thomas, whose nickname was the twin. Immediately after breathing on them, he starts talking kingdom. Immediately after breathing on them, immediately after them being saved, he starts talking mission. Their inclusion in the call of God to let people know, hey, if people people don't know about grace, they're never going to know about grace. If people aren't going to know that they're forgiven, how are they going to be forgiven? He immediately starts commissioning them before the Great Commission. All right, so it says that one of them wasn't there. Who wasn't there? Thomas. His nickname was the twin, but that's not the nickname that we give him, right? What's, What's the nickname we give him? Doubting Thomas. Poor guy. All right, verse 26. We're still in John 20. Then eight days later, Thomas and all the others were in the house together. And even though all the doors were locked, Jesus suddenly stood before them. Peace to you. So he's got, he's now he's got, a, he's got an entrance. He's, he's getting it down. Peace to you, he said. Then looking into Thomas' eyes, he said, put your finger here in the wounds of my hands. And Thomas did. Here, put your hand into my wounded side and see for yourself. Thomas, don't give in to your doubts any longer. Just believe. Then the words spilled out of his heart. You are my Lord and you are my God. That's what we say when we're saved, right? That's what we say when we give our lives to Christ. You are my Lord. You are my Lord and my Savior, my God. I give my life to you. Jesus responded, Thomas, now that you've seen me, you believe. But there are those who have never seen me. Can we say, hold on, he's about to talk about me. He's about to talk about me. He's talking about you now. But there are those who have never seen me with their eyes, but have believed in me with their hearts, and they will be blessed even more. That's us. Okay? This was their moment... Is, is it fair to say, hey, that's, that's pretty, I think that scripturally that's pretty sound. We can say this was their moment of salvation. This was their, their moment of belief, right? So when they believed and Jesus breathed on them, they were saved. When we are saved, when we believe, and, and that new breath is breathed into our life, we are saved. We are changed. We're told that we're a new creation. The old is passed away. The old is passed away. I don't care what you did. Is passed away is defeated by the blood of jesus our conquering king our victorious king All things passed away behold all things have become new Jesus still hasn't told them about the promise at this point. He hasn't ascended at this point We haven't gotten to acts chapter one at this point where he says stay together be together wait together Wait for the promise. My father's gonna send the holy spirit, but at this moment they were saved. When we are saved, we receive Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's our salvation. And we are saved through an open door to our hearts where the Holy Spirit led us. All of us are saved by the, by the, the initiation of the Holy Spirit drawing us to Jesus. And then we trust in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit, Ty had made the statement, the Holy Spirit's vital in our salvation. He draws us. He draws us to Christ, where we trust in Him. And then we open the door of our hearts, and there's invitation, and we say, come in. I believe in you. I receive you. I receive you. I receive your grace. I receive. For God so loved the world that He gave, and our responsibility is to receive. So we receive. I'm letting you guys know, when it comes to the empowering of the Holy Spirit, there still has to be a receiving. There still has to be a receiving. And this is what Jesus is talking about in Acts chapter 1 when he says, wait, wait. So let's let's call it 10 days. I believe that's pretty accurate. Let's call it a 10 day prayer meeting where they were together in the upper room waiting for the Lord in one accord in unity and with hunger. If I tell you wait for the promise and you're truly believing that promise is coming, day one, you're expectant. Day two, you're 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 still expectant. Day three, maybe it's waning a little, but you're still expectant. And I think there's this like U shaped graph, like where you're like up here, and then you're like, oh no, when's he going to come? And then you're like, he's going to come. But that promise is going to come. The Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. Jesus is going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. By the time the day of Pentecost came, I believe they're like, we're, we will die of hunger in this room before we will leave this room. Before we'll leave. I'm serious. They were that hungry for the promise that Jesus talked about. be that hungry, to be that hungry for God, to, to be that hungry for God, that we say, I'll, I'll die in this room of hunger before I'll leave it, before God's given me his promise, his promise, not of something, not of some selfish desire, of the Holy Spirit. I want to go to Acts chapter 19 right now, verses 1 through 6. It happened while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. What's another word we can use for disciples? There he found some disciples. What's another word? Followers? What what I hear over here? Believers? Posse? (laughs) There he found... Disciples, followers, believers, right? That's what it says. He found some disciples and he said to them, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said what? No. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. What the heck? What the heck's not in there, but it had to have been said. What the heck? We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And he said, "Into what were you baptized?" And they said, "Well, into John's baptism." So Paul then unpacked. Hey, John's baptism's great, but but you know, and that was that was for a baptism for repentance. But let me tell you about the work that Jesus did, and and, and the, that baptism into salvation, that that we are saved, we are buried and risen, baptizo with Christ. Let me tell you about Jesus. And then it says, um. Uh, Paul said that John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, and that person was Jesus. So on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Once again, these are believers that hadn't experienced the Holy Spirit, not in power. So, I I want to kind of go out on a, I want to step out on a limb here for a second. If you don't want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, and if you have a no intention on saying yes to the mission of of working for the King, I I don't think you got to worry about the Holy Spirit filling you with some mighty powerful gifts and you being embarrassed by them I think probably there's other concerns I think those who are hungry and ask for the Holy Spirit just as these people were hungry and they're like we've been baptized in water baptized us in Jesus now like we don't want to be known as those who were baptized in John's baptism we want to be baptized in Jesus' baptism and they were saved And then, and these are are still followers and believers, but they were so hungry. They're like, I don't want to miss a beat. I don't want to miss a thing. I want to receive all that God has promised me. And then, Paul lays hands on them. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we see them speaking in tongues, and we see them prophesying. There's a key thing, a key phrase that that I want us to grab a hold of today. Built up. Built up. Can we all say that? Built up. Let's let's say it again. Built up. We see that phrase constantly associated with the Holy Spirit. We see it personally. We see that, that God wants us built up. And so there are there are graces and gifts that he gives to us so that we, as believers, can be built up. But then he talks about his church, desiring that his church be built up in the context of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the, the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants the church built up, and by church, the ecclesia, the gathering, okay, the church, the gathering, this right here, and then he talks about his kingdom. Wanting it built up by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm just letting you know if you want to be a part of that work of being used by God to be built up personally to build up his church and to build up his kingdom then you need a, a measure of equipping that he says, I will send to those who will wait upon me and hunger for me and ask for, for this promise, and it's, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in measures that, that you haven't experienced. And that's what we see. When we read about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost, it's multi-pronged. Yes, there is a personal level where it builds us up, and yes, there's a benefit where it builds up His church, and 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 uh, God talks a lot about this is the order I wanted to be in. This is this is what I consider to be proper, and this is what I want it to be, and then the kingdom where to have a role. But I'm just letting you know if you if you don't. I'm trying to say this in a way that's somewhat nice, but also that stings a little. So let me just just bear with me, okay? You don't want to be used by God, you don't got to worry about it. You ain't going to be used by God, but you're missing out. If you don't want to be used by God in building up his, his church, you don't got to worry about it. He ain't going to use you. He wants those who hunger and thirst after him, those he will use. So, why would someone not hunger for that? I honestly think that that's actually pretty innocent. I think that's pretty innocent. We just get self focused. We just get selfish. We just have our focus on ourselves. We don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to be singled out. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't like that awkward feeling. Good Lord, I've had like three awkward feelings today. You know, like, when you're like, hey, is this thing on? Come on. And I'm, you know, then I'm sitting there singing off key. That's kind of awkward. And then I'm saying something that I thought was going to be funny. Clearly wasn't funny. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? I, I can live with awkward. Who cares? Awkward. It comes and goes. Awkward's not a big deal. And we we let awkward keep us from, from being used by the king to advance his kingdom? We, we let awkward, the fear of awkward, keeping us from crying out, Holy Spirit, come. I want all that, that, that God has for me, and I want the, the power and the equipping. We see in Scripture, and, and I, I can't go there right now, but you can, because you all have Bibles or Bible apps. When we talk about th- there's nine gifts of the Spirit that are given, and we see those, and um, those are gifts given to the church that we get to use. They're gifts given to the church, to the body that we get to use, but they're not your gifts. They're the gifts of the Spirit. I can't walk around saying, I've got the gift of blank. I've got the gift of prophecy. What I can say is, God lets me use his gift of prophecy. He's given me access to a gift of faith. But it's not my gift of faith so that no man can boast. It's not my gift. It's the gifts of the spirits that we get to use. And I honestly believe the more we hunger for the Lord, the more he gives us access to it. So this is interesting. If you asked Cadence if she had a car, she'd probably say yes, right? It's it's a uh, 2004 Ford Expedition. She'd say yes. You know what I'd say? Kind of. Not really. It's in my name. I let her drive it. So she, she has a car and she drives it most of the time. But it's the title's in my name. It's my car. It's my vehicle. And if she ever started have doing some things that raised red flags, she would no longer have access to drive my vehicle. If she started acting irresponsibly, like irresponsibly, whether I'm like, no, that that, that thing's a I don't even, I don't even know how many tons of steel of the Ford Expedition. Ninety ninety three a hundred and fifty-two tons of steel. <laughs> America. You know, if I start thinking, man, she she can't wield that, that responsibility right now. That, that's, I've flat out told the Lord, Lord, do not give me the gift of the working of miracles if you think I will be proud and arrogant. I don't want it. If you think that I, in my personal walk with you, if there's not a sense of humility or that I won't make it about me, Lord, please don't give me any gift that I won't make about me. But Lord, any gift that you look into my heart and you see that I will use for you and for you only, then Lord, I want to be used in every gift you have. They're your gifts. They're not my gifts. Does that make sense? The Bible calls those the gifts of the Spirit. So here's what I really encourage you guys to do. Um, uh, in the Bible app, the, the Passion Translation gives a really cool unpacking of, I believe it's uh, 1 Corinthians 12, of what the gifts of the Spirit are. And it it kind of, if you click on the little three dots, like the little ellipsis thing, you click on that, and and it'll tell you, you know, word of knowledge. Oh, what's word of knowledge? Oh, this is what that means. Oh, word of wisdom. Oh, this is what that means. And it kind of breaks it down really, really good. Those are known as the gifts of the Spirit. But I want to talk real quick. Ah. Hold on. L- Holy Spirit, do I even have time for that? Uh. All Um, right. i I'm so excited to preach next week. I'm going to stop right here because I, I want it. I, I want to stay. So please, please come back next week and look around it. Everyone look around real quick. I look at a brother or a sister who's not here and be like, uh, I use clown or joker because it's not like a cuss word. But, you know, it's like funny, but it's also like joker, you know, like, but like, like joker, get your butt to church next week. It's going to be awesome. You need to be here. Come back next week. I'm serious because I'm going to talk about the grace of of tongues. And I want you to know, I've known the Holy Spirit so long that I, I have to reflect familiarize myself and realize that a lot of people they don't know the Holy Spirit but he's, he's trustworthy he's awesome, he's amazing, he's a person he's a he he's the Holy Spirit we experience his presence every time we come together we're familiar with him because we're familiar with his presence and every now and then we see his power or experience his power in such cool ways we're familiar with the results of his like, exalting Christ And I'm going to talk about tongues, and here's why I'm going to talk about that and not camp on the other things. I love that I get to pray in my heavenly language every day. There's days I start the morning praying in the Spirit before I ever say a word in English. It builds me up. We're going to see in Scripture again and again and again that it builds you up. And I'm calling it the grace of tongues and not the gift of tongues because there's a gift mentioned in in First Corinthians 12 that talks about the gift of tongues. That's a public thing, that so that there's not confusion. That it must have an interpretation, um, not um, you know, not a word for word account, but just a hey, this is what the Lord is saying. Someone can give a word in tongues for five minutes, and c- someone can say, hey, I, have, I believe I have the interpretation of the Lord saying, be at rest, be at peace. Okay. I'm talking about the grace of that thing that builds me up where it is pure prayer. That's not my will, but praying the will of God. And all this is found in Scripture that builds me up. And at the same time, it's God making intercession for us. And I will give you this brief example. All right, I'm a graphic designer. So let's, let's say an opportunity for me you know to do some graphic design and it would it would you know take you know take me away partially from my responsibilities here at the church but let's say it would like pay like 300 grand that's a good number that'd be awesome 300 grand i've never made 300 grand and so all of a sudden now i'm praying lord you're so faithful thank you for that blessing 300 grand lord that is awesome lord i just pray that you would use other people in the church to preach, because I'm going to be doing graphic design. And I pray that you would just raise up other people, Lord God. And, and there's people that are ready. They're, they're ready, Lord. So I just pray that you would use them, Lord. And, and Lord, I pray, um, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to manage this. With, with, It's a busy season with Cadence graduating and playing soccer and then going off to college. And I love that I get to spend time with my family right now, but I won't be able to spend time with my family during this time. Um, but Lord, I just you'll have to give me grace and give me give them grace for that. And I might pray those types of prayers in English. But when I'm praying in the spirit, here's what the Holy Spirit is saying to the Father. Um, Mark doesn't know it yet, but 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 uh this isn't our will for that $300,000 job, but he's going to need he's going to need to see our provision. Um because he's got his heart set on on paying this debt and doing this and this and and, and um, but but he is right, Lord. You are, you know, Father. You're raising up other people. So would you w- even though Mark's not going to end up taking this this job, Lord, would you just sustain him and give him peace? I we just I pray peace right now, Lord. Give Mark peace. Give Mark peace because he's going to miss that three hundred thousand dollars. He's going to need your peace. But Lord, what he doesn't see is your provision down the line. So, Lord, give him eyes to see. Give him eyes to see that you're going to meet every one of these needs, but that the, the work you're doing uh, in, in this region of Colorado right now is too important that, that that's, that's a distraction. That's opportunity is not from you. Um, but, Lord, what, what can we do? I mean, and that's what the Holy Spirit's doing on our behalf. He's interceding before us when we pray in our heavenly language. It's called heavenly language, it's called praying in the Spirit, and it's called tongues. And I'm, just to make it as simple as it can be, it's praying a language that we don't know but God does, and he wants us to have enough faith to pray a language that we don't understand but he does, and that builds us up. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. So I'm going to talk about that the entirety of next week. This was timed really well. I don't even know what I was thinking that I could have started that, that preach. There's no way I could have started that. Thank you, Lord. Let me stand up. So um, I don't know if you can tell, but the Holy Spirit has us on this, this stretch here lately. We've called it disciplines, right? We've called it flexing, where that we are open to other disciplines in the Lord. And in reality, I really think that what we're flexing is that spiritual muscle of faith to let the Holy Spirit have his way. We had a panel up here and we just took verse by verse and we would talk about a verse and we prayed about a verse. And it was really cool. It was great. Not just for those up here, but but y'all the feedback I've gotten was that was awesome. I've been doing that ever since. Trusting the Lord. The stuff we've been doing is not like good for church growth. I tell you that much. It's in no church growth book I've seen. Like, but it is what the Holy Spirit has been guiding us to do. And so we trust him and not some method. We trust the master, not a method. I just, hashtag, here we go. <laughs> Something like that, right? I saw it in a movie. Is that what it is? Okay. It's, I'm, I will never, don't let me do that again, baby. Yes. Okay. Here's what I'm going to encourage us with. I know there's hunger. I know there's hunger. But I know sometimes fear rises up above the hunger. God has not, and we're going to read this verse next week, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We don't have to be afraid of God. We don't have to be afraid of the Father. We don't have to be afraid of the Son, Jesus, and we don't have to be afraid of, help me out, the Holy Spirit. We don't. One of the things I want to talk about next week there's choice. That we have choice. And here's the thing that, that kind of angers me. And, and Some people have taken away your choice. By talking bad about the Holy Spirit, they've tainted your choice. By not teaching you on the Holy Spirit, they've taken away your choice. And so I just want to teach on the Holy Spirit and then let you know it's still your choice. Salvation was your choice in receiving of 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 the power of the Holy Spirit, it's your choice. Uh, Lord, you're you're good. You're so good. Father, we we thank you for your generosity and your thoughtfulness and your plan in sending your Son Jesus to live for us, to die for us, to annihilate our sins through through death and resurrection on the cross. In Jesus, we thank you that you are coming again and we set our hearts on you. Jesus, we we thank you that as you were being elevated to this place of glory and honor at the right hand of the Father, that you raved about the Holy Spirit. You raved about the Holy Spirit where you said, it is better that I go away so that the Father can send the promise. Holy Spirit, you're so amazing in the way in the ways that you exalt Jesus in everything you do, in the ways you guide and the ways you empower. It's amazing to me that Jesus made it all about the Father and Holy Spirit, you make it all about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus raved about you. You guys are so awesome. We love you, God. We love you. And we are hungry. And so Lord, I pray that where there is fear, that it would be removed right now, Lord God. We invite you in, Holy Spirit, to remove fear. Holy Spirit, we invite you in to remove fear. We invite you in to remove the effects of bad teaching or of wrong teaching, of false teaching. Holy Spirit, we invite you in to remove the effects of fear. Holy Spirit, we invite you in to remove the effects of weird people who probably had good intentions but did really funky stuff that doesn't represent your heart. And Lord, we just, we say right now, we are hungry, Lord, and we don't want fear to get in our way of our desire for you. So increase our desire, increase our hunger and our thirst for you, knowing that you are the only one that satisfies. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, it was kind of weird that no one had questions. I'm not going to lie. That was kind of odd. But if you have questions, let let us know. And if we don't have, man, if I don't have the immediate question, I'll, I'll have it in a day or two. I'll jump in Scripture and find out what God has to say. But if you have questions, ask questions. I love talking about Jesus, but I love talking about the Holy Spirit. I love talking about the Father. I love talking about pizza. but.